Welcome to Keepers. We're a married couple who went to France for the 2019 Women's World Cup, fell in love with women's soccer. So naturally, when the pandemic hit, we started a fantasy league for the NWSL. This is our podcast. I'm Holly Wild. Hit me up at Wild Holly on social. And I'm Jared Gilkerson. Find me at Jared Radio. And you can follow the show at Keepers Podcast. Uh, that's where it drops. Jared, I don't know about this intro music. I gotta say, I both love and hate it because uh-huh. it's terrible. However, every time that beat drops, I picture myself in a cropped boxy shirt with a side ponytail rocking out to like basically 1980s aha. Oh, I was going to say you're you're opening up for like Smash Mouth. <laughs> no, that's totally not the right decade. No, no, it could work. No, no, it's way more 80s than it is 90s. All right. Well, whatever decade you relate with our uh, opening music, welcome to the show, Keepers Podcast. Another week, more awesome games in the book for the Challenge Cup. That's right. Holy moly. Not the, you know, pardon my French. <laughs> but... Wow. Are are we apologizing for being G-rated? Because we're in big trouble if that's the bar. But man, uh, you know, we've said all the international stars are back. But real quick, um, Houston. I mean, if we're talking about the biggest change, there's, there's there's no other team that's even comes close to Houston. Yeah, they went from snooze fest to so much fun. Yeah. Oh, that's like- my team. That's my team right there. My team is back. That's your team? That's my team. You do have uh, Dash shorts. You, you, yeah. Don't try to act surprised like you don't know this is my team. You bought me the shorts. Uh, I did. You I did. did. I bought you the shorts. They are great shorts. I need I need some I need some more NWSL uh, garb. You bef- need some NWSL garb. I do need some. I, I, <laughs> you I can't, don't need more because you have zero. I can't wait till uh, LAFC, or not, sorry, well, pardon me, L- Angel City. FC, ACFC. ACFC comes to town. Uh, I can't wait that long. So I'll need something. So I need to get something. So maybe I'll just get the front runners and get some from Portland Thorns. So, uh, oh, all right then. <laughs> uh, yeah, welcome. So uh, you can get all your fantasy news here for the NWSL. We're going to keep you in the loop leading up to your drafts. Your draft should be coming up very soon. As you know, the uh, NWSL regular season starts. We have official dates and official matchups. we got the whole season, so we'll get you ready for it. So let's get into it. Get into the news. <laughs> you like that? So the schedule release. <laughs> I don't know. It's like Pavlov. Like I got excited, even though that's a yeah. terrible drop. Um, by the way, if you're scoring at home, Holly uh, is uh, saying Jared is 0 for 2 on the soundboard. So the NWSL schedule was released and everything starts May 15th as we everyone knew. Uh, there's there's really no surprises here. The the season, the regular season, will conclude uh, on Halloween, and then of course the playoffs will take us deep into November. So we get a nice full season for the first time in two years. Yeah. So Holly, looking at the schedule, anything pop out to you? Well, May fifteenth is the kickoff. You're taking a three day weekend. We're vaccinated. Where are we going? Are we going to Gotham to watch my team, Houston, open open their season in New Jersey and New York? Oh, they're both to- cities, two, two cities at once. Are we going to Louisville because we've never been there? Are we going to Portland because we've never been there? I'll, I'll let you pick, but but where are we going? This is funny because I was actually looking at this on my phone this morning while uh, I believe you were sleeping and I was up and I was looking at Expedia 
for flights to this city for this purpose for this purpose which city get this now i'm a baseball fan too oh boy so the uh so cleveland is in town against seattle that same weekend and the rain play the courage Uh oh we have all our international stars so that means you're gonna see rapino lynn williams dabinia i mean you got everybody you got a really good chunk there and then you know, go across town, watch a little baseball, fly home. I see you working here, but I, I'm, I'm going to vote for, I mean, we've seen the, the internet, we, we've seen the U S team play. We've seen the international stars play. We well, have, we have not seen Dabinia play, but we've seen the U S nationals play. Yeah. I I'm, I'm going to lean heavily. Well, you want to see, you, for, you'd like to see uh, Chicago not score any goals and yeah, lose two to nothing. I don't, I mean, I, I want to go to Portland, but I, I don't necessarily want to watch in, Chicago. I'm guaranteeing, I'm guaranteeing four goals total in Seattle. Then let's go see Gotham versus Houston. That's an easy five-hour flight all the way not, across the country for a three-day weekend. It's totally doable. Not going to Houston. We'll put the poll no, up. It's it's not in Houston. Oh, it's in Gotham. Yeah. Oh, it's in Gotham. Yeah. It's got Gotham. <laughs> we'll go, uh, we'll put a poll up on Twitter and see where we should go. All right. But I, that's great. That I, I love the first 10 games of the season. That's the thing I love most about this. There's been so many weekday games of the Challenge Cup. I love that the first 10 full games are on Friday, Saturday, or Sundays. So if you're new to the sport and you want to get involved and you want to watch and you don't work weekends like the majority of people, then you got a really good opportunity to see some good games. Now, I don't know about starting off with Louisville and Kansas City, but then again, they put them at 5 o'clock Eastern and 2 p.m. Pacific. So the primetime games for opening weekend, I mean, okay, Gotham and Houston, that's... That's the game. That is going to be a great game. That's the game. That is going to be a great game. So yeah, there it is, schedule release. Go check it out online. It's uh, And uh, just so you know, for fantasy purposes, you will be playing from Monday to Sunday. So you got to break that down. And then there's going to be weeks. This is like fantasy baseball, or if you play any other fantasy sport where, or fantasy soccer, premier league, where you're going to have to be aware of those teams that don't play during a week when you're and you have to weigh those opportunities and how much it, you can take having someone just sit on your bench, not scoring for a whole week. And can you, can you survive playing against someone that might be playing twice? So, yeah. or do you take the L to keep your player or do you pick someone else up? Yep. Depends where you're at during the season too. So keep that in mind. Uh, other news, uh, New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC acquires midfielder Allie Long from the OL rain. So in, uh, in return, the rain will receive $80,000 in allocation money and Gotham FC's 2022 second round pick. Uh, Gotham FC and Rain uh, FC will also swap places in the discovery ranking order. But as I've learned during my research that we aren't privy to that order anyway. So who knows what the hell that means. So once again, I can't wait till we know what this means. Because I know what it means that Gotham is loading up because they, I, they see the talent. And Ali Long has international experience. Yeah, so I they're mean, ready to go. So what, what do you think about the trade? Well, I mean, she's clearly, like you said, power and experience in the midfield. That's a great move for Gotham. And, you know, they are stacking. But, I mean, it's clear to me that this is because Jennifer Marazan is coming uh, from Olympic Lyonnais to the OL. And so they don't need Ali Long as their, you know, stud midfielder because they're going to have her. And so it's probably everybody wins. 
It's great to have that uh, outlet for Leon to bring from Leon East to Leon West. <laughs> like, it's great that they have that because basically you just got 80 grand and potentially an upgrade. I'm not saying Allie Long is not good, but she's been banged up a little bit lately. And I think Gotham will need something different out of her than what the rain needed. I think the rain needed Agreed. someone a little more mainstay. Gotham just wants more leaders. They need a leadership. Yeah. And they don't need someone that's going to have to start every game. They don't. But Allie Long easily could if she's healthy. My yeah. God, that team. <laughs> like if, if she's healthy and playing well. It's going to be fun. Watch out. Yeah. Uh, last bit of news today. Here we go. Oh so uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, Florida governor that is, said Thursday during an appearance on Fox News that he will sign a bill banning transgender females from women's and girls sports. His announcement came the day after Florida Republicans rushed the measure through the legislature by attaching it to a charter school bill. So dirty. Most Democratic lawmakers, equal rights advocates and transgender Floridians oppose the ban. They call it discriminatory and unnecessary. Uh, DeSantis is quoted as saying, we're going to protect our girls. Uh, he said at this town hall, uh, I have a four-year-old daughter and a one-year-old daughter. They're both very athletic. We want to have opportunities for our girls. They deserve <sighs> an even playing field. And that's what we're doing. And so just to break it down, the bill would ban transgender women and girls who do not identify with the gender assigned to them at birth from playing women's and girls scholastic sports in Florida. The ban does not apply to elementary school kids, nor does it apply to transgender boys playing boys sports. Holly, the floor is yours. Where do I even start? I know, it's a lot. I, it's a lot. And I have a lot to say about this. I mean, we were discussing this earlier and my head was already exploding. Like 20 seconds into the discussion, I'm throwing things in the kitchen because... Well, because. I mean, I, I don't think I need to elaborate on that. It should be fairly obvious. So the baseline assumption here is that transgender women have an unfair competitive advantage in athletic competitions. And the baseline assumption here is sexist. It's that women can't compete with men and it's that women are inferior to men. Uh, we're going to put aside the whole conflagration of sex and gender here and the idea of confusing gender identity and sex and whatever, but I'm going to you know use these terms loosely. I'm so exhausted by this. Um, first of all, it's false, false causality. What we're doing is we're assigning athletic prowess to sex, meaning the chromosomes that define you as male and female. Also ignoring that some people are single X, some people are double XY, and that you really have to get into non-binary when you look at that as well. But we're assigning athletic prowess to sex as opposed to assigning it to socialization, funding, and opportunity. And... The, the thing that proves this argument false is Title IX, right? Like, once we funded women's sports equally, you know, they, they, in a very short period of time, closed the delta in levels of competitiveness in terms of records, in terms of, you know, athletic prowess, in terms of strength and ability with men. So it's just another way to say that women are inferior to men and what it really is, is that people who have less opportunity and less money and less resources certainly are, cannot be expected to perform at the same level as other people. That's the, that's the real issue here. We're making it a gender argument. And it's, uh, it's not even, they're not even being subtle about it. Like Senator Kelly Stargill, who's a Republican from Lakeland, Florida, literally said, I thought it was common knowledge that men are stronger than women. We're just trying to protect that? them. <laughs> she said that. 
Yeah. So um, last time I checked, uh, Lynn Williams was the fastest player in soccer. Right. By the way. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you know, this is institutionalized sexism, like you said, or uh, you know, not banning transgender men and boys from competing in men and boy sports. And the thing that I was sitting thinking about here was, you know, why is this a national conservative campaign? Why are we, you know, what are they getting out of this, right? They're, Laura Ingram on Fox News is saying that it's fundamentally unfair. You've got DeSantis saying that they, you know, women deserve an equal playing field. To me, this is coded language. To me, this sounds like separate but equal when you break it down. And I think that the same argument that applied to, you know, uh, Brown versus the Board of Education to desegregate schools applies here that there's a fundamental disparity in resources and opportunity and separate but equal is a thing that can never be. I'm making a radical argument here because if you play my argument out, what I'm really saying is that at some point there should not be a, a gender distinction in athletic competition. I don't think we're there yet as a society, but but if you're thinking that that's where my argument is going, you're right. And the other thing that I want to say is I thought this whole I have a daughter thing, like didn't AOC clear this up on the House floor once and for all that having a daughter does not make you a decent man? It doesn't. <laughs> wow. No, I'm just wow. Like, <laughs> No, yeah, that's what they're saying. <laughs> Take that snappy jerk away with the quick comeback and bring, bring bring my sweet husband back. I'm right here. All right, thank you. No, I couldn't agree with you more. All great points. Like, I mean, it's, I don't understand. I, and if you want to, uh, I unfortunately did watch the three and a half minutes of the town hall, not the entire town hall. That's about as much as I could deal with with what I watched. Yeah, that's, th that's the, the, the only three minutes I need of Fox News for this decade. I think they had the governors of Iowa, Texas, Florida, and Mississippi there, which is just a banner. You know you're going to have a banner day. Uh, I mean, it, you know, and we might have, we have, we have listeners from those states. You know, it's, and, okay, great. And then if, if you disagree with us, hit us up. Like, I want to, you know, hit us up and I, and I want to hear about it. Like, I want to hear if you have an opinion about this either way. Um, but our opinions on this show is, I, I mean, I agree completely with Holly. I just feel like they're, they don't under, it's something they don't understand, these governors, while watching it. I got the idea that they just didn't quite understand what being transgender is. And so when you're unfamiliar or afraid or you're unsure, you're they're, they're getting scared and they're against it. And it's there. The weird thing is there's no issue. There's no, there's no problem. There's no, there's nothing going on, but then you just created this issue. So now you're telling kids, now you're telling, let's say a transgendered kid in elementary school, they're going to play whatever they want. But as soon as they get to sixth grade, you can't do anything anymore and you're less than and you know you you don't really fit anywhere how is that helping anybody if you're telling them they don't fit in anywhere that they can't play what they want to play oh but oh but uh, half the transgender people can the this half but we're protecting the, our girls <laughs> i don't understand our girls play sports you know this is unfair like you said why are you just assuming that scholarships are going to be lost that's that's you downplaying women's athletics already yeah. and you're saying yeah. you're protecting that's you them. telling your daughter that she is less less yeah i don't understand yeah i just don't think they understand and i'm not i'm not claiming i know everything about this 
in this culture, but I'm, I'm saying that I'm understanding of everything, you know, and I want to, and we should be open to it instead of closing things off. And it's immediately that closing things off mentality. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's kind of hate filled and it is. And that's another thing that I just, I I don't get it. I really wrestle with because it's very sinister. I mean, there's, there's an element of this that's just gross because there was a dispute resolution clause, which has since been amended, but in the, in the original bill that was introduced on the floor, the dispute resolution clause was if there's a dispute about whether or not as someone is transgender or is allowed to compete in the sport, that they were going to have to examine their genitals to verify Thank, this. Well, they're not doing that, right? They're not. But like, Jesus. excuse me. Like, what are we okay, legislators. I legislators. I want you to submit to verification Wait, that was in the of bill? your genitals from someone not of your choosing. Every time you need to use the bathroom at the state capitol, and all of your kids need to submit to that same examination to verify who they are. That Would was, that be that okay was with in you? the original language. That was the original dispute resolution clause. In in the bill that was introduced to the floor as written, Great, that's not it has since been amended. Up. It was not passed that way, but that was the original idea. That's not going to f anyone up. Let's just you know, let's make that a priority. What are we doing? What are we doing? Let's play. Yeah, we're, we're talking about sports here. Just let's play. It's really dumb. Just, just stop being dumb. You know, yeah. man. Well, okay. One thing. <laughs> Kudos to the NCAA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who said that they're only going to hold championships in states that are free of discrimination. Because honestly, we can talk all we want about what's right and, you know, what's what's the best thing for people. But we live in a capitalist society and capitalism is really the best leverage that we have. And I think it's the only leverage that moves the needle. So if you hit people in their pocketbooks, then maybe they will decide that this is not such a good idea. Hey, good for the NCAA. They don't do a lot right, but that's a good statement. I mean, there's a lot of issues I have with them. We'll get into that at some point. Um, but they got this one right. This one they yeah. got right. They did not get March Madness right for uh, for the women's and men's competitions. Oh yeah, but they got this one right. Yeah, they just don't know. I didn't. They didn't know that women lifted weights. They're like, what? Yeah. We don't understand. Yeah. Wait, you do. Wait, what do you mean? You prepare for games? Yeah. I don't get it. Uh, last nugget is that the the honorable Greg Abbott, <laughs> the governor of Texas, his comeback to the NCAA wanting to hold sports outside of those states was, oh, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't I didn't know you could have sports in other states or something of that matter. He said it was something around that say, basically pointing to that Florida and Texas have held a ton of sporting events since the pandemic. I just don't know if that's something you want to be gloating about is that we came back early from a pandemic and potentially are getting more people sick and killed. Like just maybe allegedly. So uh, that's just something you don't want to stand behind that as a hurrah moment. (laughs) So, uh, you know, like, yeah, let's clap for that. We came back too early. Now our States are struggling. We're putting that in the lexicon. That's your hurrah moment. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Yep. Uh, so bringing it back to fantasy, Holly, so Woo, let's, okay. let's naturally transition. Happy fun time. And let's help some people win their drafts, which is something I've been, I've been winning drafts for 25 years. And I've been winning leagues for zero for, <laughs> in fantasy football. Now I'm going to do the- So Jared's talking, everybody take notes. So I'm going to reverse it. And for fantasy soccer, I'm going to lose drafts and I'm going to win leagues. How about that? No, we're going to help you win your draft. That's what TBD. we're going to do. Yeah, we're going to help you win. We want to start with, you know, we've been breaking all these teams down. We've been telling you, you know, who's going to creep into the top 10 this year. Go back and listen to a few episodes. We, we're going to, you know, we're telling you who's going to sneak up and, and be good and who we think. 
But we want to tell you, we want to see, let you know, this is who we think you should be reaching for in your draft. So the late rounds in our league, to remind people, is that you have 10 people on your roster. And to look at what the, just so people know it, let me pull up what the roster looks like for for all of our for all of our peeps. So your roster would be one goalie, one defender, five at any position, and those are your starters. And then you have three bench players. So and then you'll have injured reserve and all I that good stuff. I knew you were gonna go there. I was like, there's no way that he would just leave it at the ten. He's gonna have to get into the weeds <laughs> okay, again, right. talk about extraneous details, you got it. confuse the issue, nobody cares. Got You're new, drafting ten people. Yeah, You're open. We've got new listeners. Seven starters, three on the bench. Boom. Mostly offensive. So when you're talking about late rounds, it's round seven through 10. And we're talking about players 25 to 40. So we're in four team leagues. You're talking about not top 25 players. You're really talking about that 25 to 40 range. So Holly, when you get to those, when you, so. This is not what we're talking about. This is not what we're talking about? No, it's not what we're talking about. Did I screw that up? Totally oh no. Remember how I tried to tell you that earlier? <laughs> that you just left it there. It didn't move to the D block. <laughs> Okay, well, Where, it, where's that sound drop? <laughs> you, I, I give even, me a good one right there. Come I, on. I don't know. This could be bad. <laughs> what happened to the one where where the cat dropped uh, knocked the mic over a couple weeks ago? Oh, it's not on the board. Oh man. So we'll get that. On we got to get that. But um, so these are players that you're reaching for in your draft. So you're in those early rounds and you're going to take someone early and people are going to go, why the hell are you doing that? Like that surprises me. So Holly, people that m might are be are considered late picks. Who are you going for? Who well, are you going to, who are you going to jump? Yeah. I mean, I think generally rookies are considered late picks, especially, um, you know, a lot of them are, they're considered unproven. A lot of them don't get a lot of playing time, but I'm going to reach for a rookie and I'm going to reach for Trinity Rodman. TR. I'm going to reach for TR <laughs> because according to my calculations, which as we had discussed, uh, off air might, calculations? might be different than your, yes, okay. I made calculations. <laughs> I made a spreadsheet that is going to kick your spreadsheets ass. I'm stealing the spreadsheet. You are not hacking, stealing the spreadsheet. Hacking the computer. Nope. Okay. Nope. Okay, according to my calculations, she's currently second highest in fantasy points for the Challenge Cup. And, you know, she's only one point behind the leader. So, you know, she's she's a playmaker. She's also a scorer. She's, you know, Washington, I think, is in a position to, you know, make a, make a lot of runs at offense. And I think that she's a key part of that, you know, and she's on a line with Ashley Sanchez and Ashley Hatch. And she, they're like, they're all just going to feed each other the ball. So... That's one of my reaches. What about you? Are we talking, can I ask you a question? Are we talking first round reach? Yeah. So we're talking like, let's say you have the fourth pick in the first round. Uh -huh. You could see yourself taking Trinity Rodman. Yeah. Whoa. Over, over a proven, a proven offensive player. Can I just give you a hypothetical? Okay. Christy Mewis is still on the board. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Oh, you're killing me right there. She's on the board. Oh. She's available. Like, what do you, what's your gut saying right now? Christy Mewis. Yes. Me too. Yeah. Yes. But there are some of those like fringe first round people. It's like, yeah, I'll take Trinity Rodman over that. I yeah. love these hypotheticals. Yeah. These are so much fun. It's yeah. like one of my favorite parts of the show. Um, I'm Adriana French. Now, 
she's one of your top goaltenders in the league, but people are a little hesitant to, like we've talked in the past about to draft goaltenders early because, you know, they could make or break it. They could get negative one or they could get 22. You know, it's like, oh, and you do want to spend one of your valuable spots up top. But, okay, look and see who Portland starts out with. Chicago, O.L. Reign, Orlando. Portland's starting out 3-0. and And there's a potential for three, and clean, three clean sheets there. You want to get off on the right foot. You don't want to get a goalie who has tough matchups. You don't want to get goalies who are gone. Um, they already shut out Chicago and O.L. Reign in the Challenge Cup. She's consistent. Her Challenge Cup points this year so far, 7, 18, and 12. She's averaging 12.33 points per game. So, I mean, she's in that, you know, that right almost the teens range, which if you're getting that week to week, sign me up. Solid defense in front of her. So there's, there's a high chance every game she'll get a clean sheet or give up one goal, which you're still getting points for that. National team level goaltender she is. Like she's she's been on the on the roster before, um, but she's not going to miss time now. So to me, she's at that level. She's with a nair. I mean, she's right there, but she's just not going to miss any Olympic time. So on all, I may move her up into, I'm thinking a third round to draft her. I'm going to go you one better. I am going to say that that the top four goalies should be first and second round picks. And here's why. Because when I look at cumulative totals for points, for fantasy points, so far in the Challenge Cup, who's fourth overall? Ashlyn Harris. Who's sixth? Audrey Bledsoe. And French and Harassic are actually tied at seventh. So if you're going strictly on points, they're all in the top eight. Uh, Didi. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Didi's good. She was on my little fringe list there. Yeah. But you, well, how would you weigh that though? Because you, you're mentioning goalies who are, they're going to be, they're not going to miss time. They're going to be there every game. Yeah. But how are you weighing that against players that are like Mewis and like Lloyd and, you know, like Alex Morgan and players like that who are making a huge impact right away in purse, but are going to miss chunks of time? Like, that's the one of the hardest things to do with a fantasy draft. And you're mentioning players who are, hey, week to week, I'm going to draft them. So if push comes yeah. to shove in the draft and one of those goalies is sitting there, but then Midge Purse is sitting there or Carly Lloyd. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, if you have like the third round pick in the draft or something, or, or the third pick in the first round, I might not go with a goalie. I think you have to go offensive first. Right? Or, okay, well, no, let me, let me, let me. Let me dial that back. If you have if you have the first or second round pick, if you have the first or second pick in the first round, yeah. then I think you have to go offensive first because you have to get the the very top scoring studs. But like let's say you're, you know, the third or fourth pick in the first round, some of those studs are gonna be goalies. And so, you know, if it's gonna snake back at you right away, you you can take, you know, the, the really high scores are gone, you know, take your goalie. And then when the snake comes back around, get your offensive players and work it from so there. So if you've got like four or five, you could easily see yourself doing like, okay, I missed out on Muse. I missed out on, let's just hypothetical, Dabinia, Jess McDonald. Okay, well, four or five, I'll nab Ashlyn Harris and then I'll nab Rachel Daly. Yeah. You know, or something like that. Or right. someone that's going to be there, you know, maybe not Rachel, but I mean, she's right there. Yeah. So well, that's, that's, you know, I agree. And I still think getting French in the third round, though, I still think people don't look at her as, oh, I got to get this goalie. It's because her defense right. does so much work for her 
Not to say she's not great. But I'm saying I think that you're undervaluing her even in the third. So round. you think I'm saying that if I think she's a fourth or you think that's an undervalue in the third? I mean, top 12 Possibly. player, a top 12 player. I can give you 12 players that are better than her right now. I could just spew them out, but I won't because I'll probably mess something up. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at my super amazing spreadsheet and, no, oh, well. you know, she's in the top eight, who, not the top 12. Who else are you reaching for? Those are my reaches. Oh, those are your reaches. Okay. Goalies and rookies. I've got another, I got one more reach for you. All right. Ashley Hatch. I'm getting back on the oh, Hatch God. train. <laughs> Last week we were off the Hatch train. You can't resist. The goals will come. No, because people aren't considering her. People are not looking at her in the first four or five rounds. They just aren't. And I think where I'm putting, I'm saying I am open to drafting her in round five or six. And I think that's a reach. Most people will think that's a reach. She will only get better with Sanchez and Rodman there. No one's going away for the Olympic break. So they're just going to get better. Their offense is going to be the same. If she can learn to play with them. Yes. Right now, she's there, there's no break. So they're going to keep getting chances. She's leading the league in shots right now. She's got 15. Dabinia might catch her because Dabinia's got one more game. But that's nothing to s sneeze at. Is that what it is? Sniff? Sneeze? I don't know what the saying is. But they're firing away. If you look, Rodman's got 11 shots. She's right there. Washington's getting chances. They're just not finishing. And I think that's a sign of a team that's that they already look better than they did last year. They, even though they hung tough last year, they just look more competitive. Yeah. And so she's averaging 9.25 points per week. So if you're telling me she's, if I'm drafting her five or six, so she's that fringe weekly starter. She's right on that borderline. And that's a reach. I'm taking those almost 10 points every week. She's been so consistent. She has 11, 10, 8, and 8 in the Challenge Cup. I mean, that's, man, if she just finishes one of those with a goal, if you can just punch one in, we're talking that that, that 10's a 19, you know, that 8's a 17. So I think it's worth it. And the last point I want to make is if, um, if she's your last any position player, you know, I think that you could live with that. I think she, you could live with her at that five spot. So that's it. All right. Yeah. I had honorable mentions, but I won't do it. Can I just say uh, one name? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Crystal Dunn. Crystal Dunn. Oh, okay. Um, uh, okay, Holly. So let's do the, uh, we're doing previews every week. We've been previewing two teams a week, you know, where you should be, where you should be looking. So let's start here today. Racing Louisville. So far in the Challenge Cup, they are 0-2-1. They're last place in the East. They don't feel like a last place team, though. Goals leader is CeCe Kaiser. Assist leaders are Emily Fox, CeCe Kaiser, Frazier Olofsson, Aaron Simon with one. Shots leader is Yugi, uh, Yuki Nagasato. And, but they've only scored four goals and they've given up six. Holly, what's your thoughts on Louisville? I mean, as far as fantasy draft, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of underwhelmed by this team. I think, you know, the way that CeCe Kaiser is scoring right now, she, I mean, really she's in the top 10 of scorers for the Challenger Cup in terms of fantasy points. I don't know if she's going to be consistent on that. You could think of her as a top 10 draft pick. You could, you know, think, well, that's really only because some of the national team players haven't played the full set. So, you know, whatever there. I, I think that she's really the only prospect unless Savannah McCaskill, you think, you know, she and the offense have not yet found their footing. If you think they're going to, great. I think, you know, their backs are strong. You know, you've got Emily Fox in there, but I just, they're not going to score enough for you to be interested to draft. Yeah. What you see is what you get with Louisville. Uh, if they struggle now, then they're going to struggle during the season. I mean, they're a, it's a it's they're a brand new club, so I'm not gunning for anybody on this team. 
But if I have to stash somebody, you know, and it's someone on my bench and it's, I'm not going for anyone in the draft, but I like Kaiser and McCaskill and Nagasato. That's talent there. And so I like, I think they could turn into something, but I'm not going, I'm not reaching for them. So I, I really don't want anyone on Louisville in my squad right now until they can prove Likewise. they can score. I mean, four, four goals in four games. Eh, so not great. Yeah. Next up is Orlando. They are 1-1-1. One, one, and one. They're third in the East. And don't you love my uh, blank stat page there? That's that's wonderful. Oh, that's nice. So I know. Well, they've, only scored, on they've only scored three goals and three goals against. Um, and I'll get the stats for you. So let, you can start us off with Orlando, and I'll come back out with you with who their leaders are. Yeah, I mean, Ashlyn Harris, I stand by my assertion that she could be a first-round pick a good for you. word. Thank you. Assertion. That's right. I've only used the ascertain version. It's completely different. It's not the same word? No. All right, continue. <laughs> oh, audience, I just attempted to bang my head against my microphone. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, turns out that doesn't work very well. <clears throat> I didn't even get like a good popping noise out of that. Don't do it. Thanks for the, the sound drop that saved my dead air. Sure. Okay. Sure thing. Sydney LaRue. Might be someone you want to consider in your, you know, second or third round. Morgan's only played one game. We talked about Corniak earlier on an earlier episode. I don't, I'm not even giving her a late round flyer. Whoa, what about you? Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, no, I said it. I'm with you. The two teams this week are teams. I'm not so much avoiding Orlando like I am Louisville, but it's what you said. It's all about Ashlyn Harris for me. She's the number one fantasy pick on this team. She's the MVP of this team. Yes, Alex Morgan will get back. She'll get into form. Sitting LaRue will get chances, but the offense just isn't there. Three goals. Yeah. They've scored less goals than Louisville at this point. So right. um, it's they're just not quite there for me. So Ashley Harris has single-handedly won or kept the pride in every game in the Challenge Cup, every single game. She'll continue to get those chances during the regular season. Um, yes, there's going to be times where she gets a negative points, but like you said earlier, she should be considered very high up in the draft. And she's just so strong. She's averaging 16 points per game in the Challenge Cup. And that's with one one game where she scored four. So that's just strong. Comparatively, Jessica McDonald, who leads the league in points, she's averaging 19.3. So compared to 16, she's right there. You were saying this earlier, Ashlyn Harris, right there. She's the I'm only one you. I'm really considering. But, man, isn't it tempting to take Alex Morgan somewhere? I mean, isn't it like, <laughs> yeah, that's so much talent and her yeah. and LaRue, I think are really going to, really going to make something, you know, I, they showed a, signs of it so far. So, uh, I think it's there. I just, you know, LaRue's going to take her shots. I just, you know, I'm not reaching for anybody. They just don't score enough. Yeah. Not enough chances. Yeah. Okay. Holly, before we, uh, wrap this thing up, uh, late round flyers. So earlier we talked about who we're reaching for. Now we want to talk about gets to round seven through 10. Mm -hmm. It says late rounds. This is what I said earlier and screwed up on. Now it's my moment. <laughs> Players moment 25 yet. through 40 and you're going, okay, my starters are set. You know, I got a bench player maybe, but who am I, who am, how am I going to fill up my roster? Some people don't like to draft any defensive players early at all. Uh, so what are you doing when you get to those late rounds? Who are you eyeballing? I mean, that's exactly where I'm going. I'm going Imani Dorsey as a late round flyer. She's a left back for Gotham. Dorsey. Yeah, I think that she has the potential to put up consistent points for you every single week. She's a left back, so she's got, you know, opportunity for shots and assists because she's going to be playing up on the edge. 
Um, you know, there's all those key passes there and she's backed by Harasik and goal. And so there's opportunity for clean sheets. And, you know, so far she's got an 89% success rate for tackles. Gotcha. That's uh, uh, wow. So you're saying right now she is a top four defender. Because to me, that's what I'm saying right now. I don't think any. I don't think you're going to see more than four or five defenders drafted. Right. Really. Yeah. Klingenberg. Yeah. So she's not on your radar. She should be. Wow. And uh, in the least jerk way possible, I believe it's Heracich. Okay. <laughs> Did I really deserve that for that one? Come on. Um, <laughs> that was for me. So, uh, I'm going with Kelly O'Hara. I'm not drafting anybody on defense in the first six rounds. Just not happening. But Kelly, she's going to get offensive chances as a defender. Yes. One of the few. Absolutely. Uh, if she can just stay out of trouble, uh, she'll be able to uh, get something, get, you know, the <laughs> double yellow card and then missing the next game. Yeah. Oof. Oof. So she may be one of the, I think only handful of defenders that's worth putting on your bench. Meaning if you, um, a lot of times I like to call it flexing. You flex your, you flex your defend, defender every week. You know, it's like based on matchups. You just rotate it all year. It's a good way to approach it. But she's one of the few defenders who I think is worth, if she's not playing one week, to still stash her on your bench because she's just that good. She's going to get her tackles. She's going to get her shots. And then she's going to get points for clean sheets because we've seen how good Washington's defense can be if they're not playing the courage, that is. But... um. If, if you feel really good about your offensive players in the draft and then you need to pick up O'Hara before the end, there's no way she should go undrafted. She's one of the top four defenders, bar none. And so she should be a late round. I mean, that's that's a late round flyer right there. You should you should go for her. Who else you got? You know, <clears throat> I didn't do a deep dive on other people, but here's some, some people that I'm watching, you know, and we'll see how the rest of this um, Challenge Cup plays out. But we haven't seen Ellie Long play yet for Gotham. So I don't know what she can do. And, and I think that she's going to be set up to succeed on on Gotham FC. So, you know, once all the, the like, you've got some, your obvious powerhouse top score, um, offensive people are gone, I'm looking at her. Also in the midfield, I'm looking at Sophie Schmidt from Houston. She's not done a lot in the one game that she's played for Houston in the Challenge Cup, but she had a very impactful fall series. I had her on my roster last year. She was solid for me. And I'm looking at Rocky Rodriguez for Portland's midfield. Uh, my question with her is that, you know, since it seems like Portland is, is experimenting and, and feeling out their, you know, their the way that they're going to do their lineup in the Challenge Cup. And so, you know, is she going to get the playing minutes? But I think she is. And I think she could be a solid scorer for you. Pick her up seven through ten. Yeah. What about you? Jennifer Cujo. Yeah, that's a good one. Um her numbers are going to get lost behind Midge Purse and Carly Lloyd and even Paige Monahan. You know, she's... but. She's right up there. She's got the talent. Um, she plays like this hybrid midfielder defender. She's a midfielder. Is she, I know, but is she going to split time with Allie Long now that Allie Long went to Gotham? Though that's my question. That's a good point. I, I well, I I'm just not I'm not just going to assume that they're going to take Cujo out. You know, I'm just she. They might, pl- yeah, exactly. I don't know. She plays. Looking at their last few games, they play like this hybrid, like four five one. So you think, oh, well, she's kind of a midfielder defender. Why would you put her on your team as someone on offense? Well, she's gotten eight points, 10 points, and eight points. She's averaging 8.66 a game. That's someone, that's late rounds. If you're pushing near that 10 range, sign me up. Uh, 
she's now on, on, on an offensively talented team. And you and I have talked about how I am, we are targeting players who play for teams who score goals. That's yes. it. That's it. That is it. Mm -hmm. You, you got to give me chances. It yeah. can't be what Chicago, like Chicago has nobody. Well, you know, it's just like, <laughs> give me everyone on Gotham right now in, in North Carolina and Portland. But to me, a late, late round flyer or a steal is someone who isn't on anyone's top 25 board. So they aren't considered a week to week starter, but it's someone who, you know, I believe will work their way into scoring near 10 a week, which then eventually is worth a weekly start right on that fringe. So if you're that consistent, you know, that's all fantasy managers want. Last point on Cujo, tackling machine. She had eight tackles won in the last game, and she leads the Challenge Cup in tackles won with 16. 16 tackles won. And, and, and they've only played, I think they still have a game left. <laughs> so what is that? Over five tackles won a game. And she plays aggressively offensively too, but she also plays that hybrid, like I was saying. So she's going to get chances. She's going to get shots. And she's also going to, she's like one of these aggressive, you know, she's an, she's everywhere. She's all over the field. So she's going to, you know, she's not going to get you those defensive clean sheet points. No, but she'll make that up with tackles and key passes yeah. big time. But the tackles 16 yeah. in three games. Insane. Yeah. No, so. I think that's a great one to watch. Yeah. What do we got? Another game tomorrow. Here right? comes my side ponytail again. Yeah. Next up on the stage. Whoever sang Aqua, Barbie Girl. No? Okay, that's early 2000s. Oh. Still not the 80s, but I get it. You weren't alive for half the 80s. Thank you. It's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, awesome. I hope you enjoyed the show. I uh, hope you got some fantasy knowledge from us. So uh, we will be uh, chatting it up and talking some trash on Twitter. And um, stay tuned. We got our draft in a couple weeks, Holly. That's right. Oh my God. Draft's coming up. Yep. All right. See you next week. Sometimes it could throw you off because like, I feel like the US always gives you a map of the US and like never of, of Canada. And so you always see the US and you're like, oh, well, it's like on the border, but it's yeah, like, but there's a whole ass country above it.